joining in on today's podcast it is june 2nd and we will be dedicating this episode to introducing the york village housing association welcome to the ville everybody my name is andrew van norden my name is natsi zamisa and uh just a, first a little background information on us uh, i'm a recent undergraduate uh from york university uh from the faculty of environmental studies and i'm the founder of york village housing association and I am actually currently still finishing my undergraduate. Uh, I am in the Faculty of Environmental Studies and Work and Labor Studies. I'm doing a double major. Uh, and I am the co-founder of the York Village Housing Association as well. So today, uh, for today's podcast, we will be joined by uh, Aaron Naboku and Raymond Chen, creator and co-creator of a localized social networking app known as Howdy, and fellow residents living in the village at York University Heights. Uh, today's podcast will look at what makes up the village at York University, both materially and, materially and symbolically, followed by a discussion of the founding of York Village Housing Association and an overview of multi-tenant as opposed to student housing. YVHA would also like to acknowledge and thank the people for making the bill possible. The podcast will conclude with an overview of the entire series, and uh, the goal is to highlight how the bill works to politicize both positive and negative experiences living in student and multi-tenant housing in the on and off campus at York University. So most of y'all are probably asking yourselves, what is the village? And the short answer is it's pretty complex. Um, it's a new urbanist development and new urbanism is something we'll be touching on later or this kind of new suburbia um, that was built in 2003 uh, and, you know, they proposed originally 500 houses, but in 2005, they, or they decided to add uh, another 300. So there's a total of 800. And by 2005, we already started to see what the village was becoming. Increasingly, there were uh, students that were living in rooming houses and we're seeing these single family homes, uh, which is how Tribune Communities, which is the private developer that built the village, uh, being converted into multi-tenant houses uh, with rooms as many as, as what we've seen personally, 17. Um, but there are definitely more. And what comes with that is this kind of privatized, uh, not necessarily regulated market. Uh, if you don't know rooming houses in North York, East York and Scarborough are not permitted. Um, but there's a little bit of a gray area underlining that there's a 2013 uh, revitalization plan that kind of uh, uh, mentions that multi-tenant housing might be okay because of the, the fiduciary or sorry, the necessary commitments. Um, to the university and the subsidizing quote unquote of housing that it does or that it offers. So what it's now is this hub for international, uh, domestic, and you know, whether it's laborers or working groups um, that are looking for affordable housing uh, in the city of Toronto. And that's you know, near public transportation and that's near stores. Um, and and that's, that's what it is today. And I think Andrew's gonna touch on what YVHA is. So what is YVHA? Uh, so it's York's Village Housing Association, and we were founded on January 1st, 2018. And we were initially just a housing and uh, housing help and support system for fellow students uh, living in the village at York. And in addition to our contribution to the local community, we also been a part of a variety of symposium and consultations in affiliation with Student Dwell TO program at the uh, University of York. Um, we've hosted a variety of community events, such as workshops and barbecues, and we are currently uh, building a registry for 
the all like all the 800 houses that are currently in the village mm -hmm. and we've essentially pivoted over into a podcast series now which we will get more into and we are also part of the academic institution of the faculty of environmental studies at york university and and as Andrew said, we pivoted to this podcast series, and you guys are obviously listening. It's it's Laville, um, but what we pivoted more towards was instead of collecting information and data about the village, uh, so that we could help maybe make recommendations or democratize the price of housing, um, we decided to actually share some information with the people who live there, um, and disseminate as much information as we can uh, to collectivize, document, and archive the actual lived experiences of villagers. Um, and get some different perspectives, multidisciplinary perspectives on what the village means symbolically, materially, from academics also, and also from scholars and professors and, and people that are familiar with the village. And today, we're gonna be joined uh, by Aaron Waboku and Raymond Chen. Um, they're amazing guests, and I think we'll touch on them a little bit later. Uh, but first, a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, for making LaVille possible. So first, we'd like to thank Professor Luisa Sotomayor's uh, Student Dwell TO Research Partnership in the Faculty of Environmental Studies at York University, and also support by a Connections Grant awarded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Big shouts out to the research at York position granted by York University to make LaVille possible. Thank you for tuning into LaVille. Uh, we did want to start off the entire podcast series with a land acknowledgement. It's just something that's key and important. The sacred land on which we operate has been a site of human activity for 15,000 years. It's the land and territory of the Huron-Wendat and Beitung First Nations, the Mississaugas of the Credit River, and the nations of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. The territory was subject of to the dish with one, bump, with one spoon wampum belt covenant, an agreement between the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and Ojibwe and allied nations to peaceably share and care for resources around the Great Lakes. Turo Wampum says we're going to live on this land together and respect each other's sovereignty. The Dish With One Spoon is an agreement that recognizes we all live off the same resources. It's hard to eat a collective meal together off a dish with one spoon. Hence, protocols are put in place to ensure mutual respect and accountability to each other and to the land. Ontario is covered by 46 treaties and other agreements. Today, the meeting place of Toronto is still the home of two Indigenous people across Turtle Island. Our intersecting communities are comprised of those native to this land, Indigenous people from other territories, as well as settlers who have come here by choice, by force, or as a result of colonialism and imperialism. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action and reaffirms that the treaties with indigenous peoples must be wealthy, honored, and we are all treated peoples and responsible for honoring and holding these agreements. We're grateful for the opportunity to work on this territory. And I believe, oh, and do we want and, to do the guest profile? Yeah. And at this point, we'd like to illustrate a, a brief biography of the people we will be interviewing today. So Raymond Chen, is uh, well he's an entrepreneur and he is in school and he already started a few businesses along the way. Uh, some of these uh, businesses involve helping students with homework and also helping students reduce rent by subletting rooms at York University. Uh, he graduated from the university in 2013 and he's been working in the financial industry as an analyst and consultant. Uh, along the way uh, he has he has created a variety of businesses and he is very passionate about uh, making the world a better place and he believes that creating business is not just about the money but definitely about making others have a better life. 
so at the same time, you know, he motivates and challenges uh, other creators to build great things. Um, and Raymond has been looking for new opportunities and has been taking on new challenges uh, very recently. And in 2016, he uh, spoke with Air Noboku, which will be subsequently uh, discussed about an exciting idea he had adapted, uh, and they founded an application called Howdy, which will be subsequently discussed. Yeah, and so a little bit about Aaron Waboku. He is a computer programmer and internet entrepreneur, recently graduated from York University in 2016 after completing his undergrad in psychology. Uh, and since, he's worked to build several startups and industries like fintech and AI, designing and building software systems. And by 2007, Aaron co-founded Howdy with his longtime roommate and best friend, Raymond. He believes that technology is an effective tool for empowering young people. And a lifelong learner, Aaron taught himself to code and believe anyone can learn to code, giving themselves a powerful skill to change our digital world. When not working on his startup, Aaron enjoys cooking and hanging out with his pet cat. And we would like to admit both of them into the chat. first episode of the Ville guys uh, great having you here um, so I guess tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to the village at uh, York University cool um, I'm gonna pass it to Aaron first yeah so my name is Aaron I'm a computer programmer and uh, uh, working on a startup Howie with my co-founder Raymond I graduated from York at, uh, in 2016 and uh, actually started psychology but uh, midway through like my degree, I realized that programming was like my core interest. So um, self-taught like programmer and uh, I build backend systems and, and uh, work in like FinTech and uh, AI. So yeah, it's like my experience. Awesome, awesome. And could you tell us a little bit about your connection to the village of York? Yeah, so uh, as like an international student, like, uh, I didn't really have like an con existing connection uh, at York, mm -hmm. so uh, the village is perfect. It was a perfect place to like move to and uh, yeah. cheap rent, and uh, yeah. So like I spent like uh, all four years of my undergrad at in the village, and even when I graduated, I stayed two more years in the village. And uh, Raymond, how about you? And for me, like I'm totally on, I'm totally on the opposite side of Aaron. Like I'm not technical at all. So for me, I'm more on the business and operation. Um, so the quick introduction of myself. So I consider myself a, like as an entrepreneur because I when I was even going to York, right? I already doing lots like um, I already finding a different ideas and opportunity on campus which I can make money, right? For example, I started like a like a homework kind of like helping program for students. I also started something like stop like, um, houses to reduce rent, things like that, right? So since I graduated from York in 2013, so I constantly looking for opportunity which I can like, kind of like, not just like help myself to make money, but also help other people around me as well, right? Um, and then along the way, I created other couple of businesses on the side after I graduated from school, but they're quite, they're quite small, right? Until I like, kind of like talked to Aaron in 2016, so he told me the idea about, about Howdy, and I find that really exciting and kind of interesting as well. So that's why I kind of just like, you know what, school this. I'm more like my full time on this project, and then just I like, see uh, what this can take us, right? 
like I mentioned earlier, like myself, I'm not that technical, so I'm more like uh, focus on like the sales and operation of the business. Mm-hmm. So anything which Aaron I doesn't have time to do or like Aaron I think it's not his strength, I will try to take that on, on myself and then work that out, right? And then, you know, in the business. So, uh, and then if you ask me my connection to the village, right? Actually mm-hmm. quite interesting. So I moved to the village, is that like way before Aaron did? And I've lived live in the village for like, I would say uh, 10 years, like a decade, right? So someone, someone is this kind of funny and because I can tell people like, I can't see all the up and down, mm-hmm. like in the village, right? Before they even have the village built up, like th- there was a war between the school and village. When the village was building, I saw that happening. I saw the war was taken down until now, right? The whole thing was like connected. It's like a quite a fun experience. Mm-hmm. So definitely I have been like, a, I would say myself is like a, like, like a, like a patron of like the village right so i just moved out like last year so like that past 10 years has been like a, like a, like a roller coaster i would say yeah <laughs> no that's that's really really interesting yeah that's yeah and that kind of actually like leads right into our next question about uh your positive and negative experiences so you said it was a roller coaster raymond uh you want to expand a little bit more on that idea oh yeah for sure like um as you guys might know, right, like since we all went to York, we know like around York University, there's no cheap housing, right? Like most students, they're like working, going to school and like trying to have a better life, right? Right. The only place you can find a good housing, not, I won't say it's good housing, but a cheap housing will be in the village, right? That's the best side about a village. And like pretty much like everybody like going to York, they will be in a village. It's like a well-connected network, right? If you know somebody, the person knows somebody, right? If you're looking for anything in the village, you got the cover, right? So that's the good thing about a village is that we close like close-neck community, right? That's a good thing. But the only thing just like the place has been really mixed kind of like um, area, right? Mm-hmm. Like be- before the subway started, it's more like just like like people, they live around that area and the students and then people like from other, other places, but like decided to stay in a village, right? But now since the subway started, right? Everybody can like travel between downtown and, and the village and we still have a really cheap housing, right? Compared to other parts of the city. Mm-hmm. So the place become even more mixed because like not just people live around there, going to school there or like walk around the area. Even people, they like studying, like working in Scarborough or working at downtown, they will still choose to live in a village. Yeah. So make the place even more mixed, right? Mm-hmm. I see the past couple of years, more and more families are coming to a village and buying houses because like, the housing in a village is still really cheap for someone like want to start a family. Uh, but just like, because like the whole like transition, the whole like, mixed, mixed kind of like, population, it just make the place like, I won't say it's bad, but just really like, uh, for someone they're not familiar with like, the culture, you give them a different kind of feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's in itself like its own little microcosm. Yeah, yeah, it, and and the diverse community that builds around it definitely touches yeah, on a whole exactly, bunch of different yeah. spaces. But I think that notion of affordability, like at the heart of everything, that's really exactly, what brings right? people together in the city of Toronto. Yeah, sure. what's funny is so even people from outside city, right, outside like North York, they move there just because of rent ship, right? That that's just blow my mind, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I actually know, uh, and Rekia, she's one of our guests here. She goes to Humber and she went to school there. I remember Edric, who was my roommate downstairs. He also, yeah. uh, he studied at Humber for a year and he ended up going to Seneca too. But like, it, it's a whole different mix of people that go there. Um, there are U of T students, Ryerson students. There are people who aren't students at all uh, that are just working and living there, laborers. Um, elderly folk, everybody. There's all types of classes in the village. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think our next question is going to be directed towards Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron. So um, again, you know, Raymond uh, actually gave us a 
bit of insight onto his experiences and uh, how it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, okay. Do you have any input during your time there? Uh, yeah, actually closer to six years. So like I did my entire undergrad in college and then uh, because rent was so cheap, like even when I joined the workforce, I decided to like commute all the way downtown because it's just way cheaper. During my time, changes like obviously like they opening up like the subway system, the subway station really changed the landscape a bit. Like I guess over time, it started to feel less like a student neighborhood and more of just like a just a North York. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so that's so true. Yeah, as like more like immigrants just started moving in and like. The, 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 I guess like the demographic changed quite a bit then too. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like uh, amenities, uh, yeah, the quad. So that's like something that was like a big, so when I moved out of the village, like the quad wasn't really open. It was just like a bunch of construction. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, coming to visit like Raymond and like seeing like the like bubble tea and like, like Osmos and like all the different like food places and like, then you feel like a shopping mall is like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like something uh, becoming more like a, just like a residential, like long-term living like community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something that definitely changed. Well, right on. Yeah. And you know, like with your experiences and everything, we'd like to touch uh, upon a different subject and that's uh, safety. So it's often a stigmatized issue in both the village and the broader community. And, you know, I mean, we hear things about, you know, stabbings, uh, you know, forced evictions and just overall precarious living standards within the village. Uh, and what are you like, what are your thoughts on the safety and, and how do you think we can essentially create a, a safer community out here? Uh, I think overall, like, the neighborhood is not it, it has a bad rep, but I, I didn't have any negative experiences personally in the village. Like, I was around the village I, because it's so like dense. You word travels, but personally, I think I think definitely a lot can be done to increase like safety. I guess I don't know if it's as direct as like the more like a larger like police presence because there already, there already is but a heavy presence uh, on site. I, I think maybe. If the, I guess, like what you're doing, right? Like having like like a village association, if like there is more of like a platform for like people who have concerns or like people who want to like pull together to like help the community to like organize, I think that could like do great things for safety in the village. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly kind of what we were building off of, based on our own experiences. It wasn't necessarily like there's any one tangible thing we could do. I mean, we did want to, you know, create housing help and support options for, for, for everybody. Um, yeah. But we started again, pivoting to kind of doing community events and hosting a community barbecue and seeing that, uh, you know, it wasn't like the results, but but people really appreciated like the, the person to person contact and learning, mm -hmm. learning about things in the village that they didn't know before, right? Which yeah. was super, super interesting. And uh, I, think, I think before, uh, we, we talk a little bit more about how you guys help get everybody connected. I wanted to ask Raymond real quickly, um, what, what, what exactly do people just on the topic of safety, what are people saying about safety in the village or what, what do people say about their experiences? Um, that's a very really good question, right? So for me, like I can, I, I totally can second Aaron because I, when I was living in a, in a village for the past 10 years, 
like things have been changed a lot, right? Like the safety thing wasn't a big concern in the beginning. Like people don't talk about it. I don't know if because it's the school wasn't like pushing like the safety guideline or like doing all the like the news update and stuff. But in the recent years, things are getting much more faster. So when something comes out, right, couple maybe like a day after, right, you see like you're saying like, oh, like this thing happened, just be careful, so on, so on, mm -hmm. right? Um, so just to your point, you know, I can have a little bit freeze here. Um, can we put your question again? Just yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, the, the question is like, what do people say about safety? You know, uh, I, I know that again, um, we talk a lot about. Or, or we know that you're like you've been in the community for ten years, and yeah, there's a yeah. lot of discourse about safety. Um, yeah. And in recent times, you're saying that it's kind of picked up a little bit, right? Um, yeah, picked up a little bit. Because back then, was like not not many people are, we pay attention to it, and then in the recent year, right, especially like just during my my year at York, like things started happening mm -hmm. and people are like spending more and more more and more time on like focus on those news right mm -hmm. and then other thing would be like the news media they're also looking for news they can like share around like in the morning so that can like keep the pressure to the school or even for the media around the area when things happen you come you come you come still still not comes to residents directly right away right and for me while i was living there i do know a couple like uh people they own the house around the village right mm -hmm. so for me like for the safety thing most people, they, most of the common thing they would tell me just like, the place is not like, not the, like not a bad place, right? It's like the safety thing is like, it was a concern, but it's not a big issue to them because I like most of the time, let's say you come home, right? You don't go out at night, right? Like compared to other community in the, uh, in, in the city of Toronto, the village actually have lost like, uh, like, like lights on the street. Like if you're walking in the street, you pretty much like, you see from the, the end of the street to, no, from the, yeah. The beginning of the street to the end of the street, right? Just in one one lock, right? But in other community, right, you don't see that, right? Because I like I think like that's all the people doing stuff in the village, protect the people there and give more like a, a a sense of safety already, right? And most people there like don't like if you decide to live in the village, to be honest, the safety thing to you is not a big concern, right? You know, like, hey, that place might not be the best, but like, hey, hey, for for me at this moment, right, it's the best place that I should stay in, right? So that's kind of like the, the vibe I'm getting from most people I spoke to when I was at school. Mm -hmm. But in the recent year, right, of course, like, things have been like, stay the same, right? Especially like, like even last year or the year before, before I moved out, right? The safety issue wasn't like become like more and more serious. It's just like, it just died down, right? Like I, either because I like, just think getting more, more safe, the place getting more safe because I like, more cup, more cups are patrolling around the place mm -hmm. at night. And like people become more conscious, right? especially for landlord as well. And one thing just to mention about the safety thing, right? On top of like what Aaron mentioned it, like the landlord can do a really, like can help in the safety thing in the village because like they own the place themselves, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why there's so many people like from different area, area is just like the landlord accepted those applicants, right? Even they're not like up to certain standard, they still be like, hey, you can pay money, like just move in, right? So things like that, I think somehow like, I don't know who can do, do, uh, do things uh, kind of like, I don't know who can I like, come in and interfere interfere those kind of action, but I do think like if the landlord can take part of like the whole like conversation, the village will become a different place for sure, mm -hmm. right? Like not it's not gonna be like people gonna be like uh won't, like at least people have a background check, right? You know who, who who they are, you know where they're from, you know what they do, right? So it gives a sense of like safety to everybody in the village. Mm -hmm. I see. And uh, just touching back on that, uh, like the whole concept of safety, Raymond. Um, so in your 10 years here, uh, the university doesn't really have all that much affiliation with the village. 
but they did implement a couple measures, uh, not recently, but over the course of the last 10 years or so, uh, with the village uh, transit, the shuttle bus, and with the Go yeah. Safe program mm -hmm. yeah. that uh, the university implemented. So, in your, like, have you, like, were you able to see any changes from that period from when it was erected until now, or has it remained just about the same? Um, I can be also feel like, so for the, for the transit itself, it stayed the same. Because yeah. back then, they, they've been doing that since I was in first year, was back in 2009, right? They have been doing that for a long time, right? I think what's improved is like the, um, the red zone, well, not the red zone, but like, um, I, I think the go safe, right? Go safe, they walk you to, um, to, to the end of the village. So basically, they walk you to like the border between school and the village, yes. and then you, you can go, go, like go on with your, uh, go on your own, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of different. They, like the, the difference they implemented in the past couple of years, mm -hmm. right? And from my from my experience, right, it does it does do a good job for some people. If, let's say they, they live close by to the to the border yeah. of the village and and school, right? It's easy for them to just go by without running any issue, right? And some people if they live in even further away, right? That would be a different story, right? And for me, I don't have an experience about those kind of situation, mm -hmm. but like just from what I heard from my my friends, like my the people I know in the village, right? It definitely improved, right? Especially for female, right? For for guys, I to be honest, I at least I, I haven't used them before, right? But for female, definitely it's a, it's gonna be a good help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's great. And uh yeah, now we now we kind of got like a, a little bit of a background of your experiences here at the village in York. Um we want to talk a little bit more about uh howdy. Uh we know you started it at York University and we're Truly proud to be in affiliation with your uh, application. And uh, do, do you or Aaron maybe want to touch on like the moment essentially that catalyzed this creation? Or? Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll give this to Aaron because I it's kind of like his my, his baby. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Aaron, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like initially came from like a hackathon, right? So it's like that to like think of like a project like work on right and uh we're just thinking about like community and like or like the lack of right especially in a village and it was just seemed like a very like powerful concept right like if like you want to like go to the gym right and like you want someone to like spot you right like why not like invite someone that's like right next door right or like let's say you're like you want to like go watch a movie or like let's say or let's say you're you're out and then you're not going to be available to like sign for a package right like i have had like a couple of packages like stolen on my time in the village right what if you could just like reach out to one of your neighbors and like tell them hey like the postman is going to be dropping off something like just keep an eye out for it or like just take it inside and i'll see you like once i'm back and pick it up right stuff like that right so like it's like a very like powerful concept and kind of like stuck with me even after like the initial like hackathon we were able to like build it out then but yeah so like uh around like 2007 uh, sorry 2017 i was already out of the like, i was still in the village but i was like already out of york and uh i was working and like i was going through some stuff and he was like hey like what if we started we did a startup, right? And I was like, yeah, like we have have this idea. We can like definitely work on this. Mm -hmm. And that's how it like started. And we just started like 
we had like the basic idea of like community of like neighbor neighborhoods mm -hmm. and we just kind of like built it from there yeah nice and it's comfortably evolving and growing and changing too yeah yeah i remember sorry you mentioning earlier you know how the community was kind of changing and it, it seems like this was like a real great response to, to adjusting to that change right trying to build a sense of community through a different way creating like an actual platform where people can communicate and i think yeah i think that that's absolutely amazing so i want to know a little bit more about um either of y'all what you guys think uh, how does how do you connect and help students at york so the biggest way it's like it, it allows you to like know who's next to you like who's like it allows you to like meet people who are like at York, people are like in the village, people that like you have a lot in common with, right? Just by the virtue of you being like in the same place, right? And it's like a safe, open community, and like they're very helpful, right? Like the community, like it's kind of like a like a hive mind, right? Of like people working together to help each other, mm. and uh, it's also it's, it's safe, right? Because everyone. It's like it's not it's not an anonymous platform, so people have like their real identities there, so you can know like, hey, I'm talking to a real person, and like I'm, I'm not getting catfished or like lied <laughs> to. Yeah. So yeah, so like those are some of the ways, and it's also like we also have like incentivize like good behavior, like we recognize like helpful neighbors, so there's really like the opportunity to like do something good and feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, um, I mean, with all your progress now, uh, you mentioned uh, last time we spoke that uh, you wanted to really invest more time uh, into into Howdy at the at the York University. Um, but then another point, you said you wanted to kind of move forward and branch out a little bit further, different universities. So, where do you see the future of Howdy going? Uh, I'd say, let's just say, a, you know, for speculation, maybe like an eight-year sort of. Yeah. So the future is definitely like communication right we really want to like enable people to not only know like the people around them but to get to like know them not to know that they're around but like to actually interact with them and uh build like a build like a network right mm -hmm. so like the future is uh so like right now we're focused at york and what our main goal at york is is like make sure that we have a great product right we're going to keep on getting feedback from like the community and like using that feedback to like improve the product mm. and uh once we were comfortable with the product that we have and the engagement that it has amongst the community we would like to like share that across like across the world right? as, as, as far as we can take it so hopefully in eight years like i i hope how it is it's the first then like, like you're moving to a new neighborhood, like you're like nervous, you don't know what it's gonna be like, you download the app and then you like, you sign up and then you see like, okay, cool. Uh, you can then ask like, hey, like where are good food places around here? And then people like immediately respond and you can have that conversation like you can chat in real time. Uh, or like, let's say like you, even before you even finish moving, like you can call, Hey, like I need help moving this big box. Right. And then, so I was like, Hey, I can help you out. Like, sure. And then like, just have those organic, like interactions. Yeah. And I think, I think exactly that those are organic interactions really end up fostering not only a sense of community, 
builds good and lasting relationships between people. Um, and, and it helps them deal with whatever stresses that, that come with, you know, maybe potentially living, whether in a great place and or in, in, in not the greatest place, right? Um, yeah. It's those lines of communication and it's, it's, it's the connection that you look for, whether you're a student going to university or whether you're somebody who's just trying to find a safe and affordable place uh, yeah. to lay your head at night, right? And I think, I think that's one thing I would like to thank you guys both for, right? For creating that platform uh, and making it possible for, for like people like us, like Andrew and I, uh, to communicate and, and, you know, give kudos to people who help me out when I don't know what movie to watch or binge watch on Netflix, right? Those things are, are <laughs> yeah. super key. And, and they just did the small things that make a living experience better. So I want to thank both of you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, if, if you guys have any questions for us at all, now's a good time to shoot. Uh, but otherwise, um, uh, feel free. Yeah, actually, I don't have a specific question, but I do want to give a shout out, right? Um, so Aaron and I have been working on it. Actually, like, Aaron and I and the team have been working on a feature for a long time, mm -hmm. right? Kind of like, the, I would say it's the next level of like what we have now. It's like going, changing from like the posting on Howdy mm -hmm. to just a group chat function, right? So like the group chat is like what we believe in, yeah. right? Like going forward from now on, right? So the new feature actually coming out really soon. So it's already available on Android. It's coming to iOS soon, right? So mm -hmm. I just want to give a shout, shout out to everybody listening to this live podcast, right? Go on like, um, howdyapp.com like howdyofiapp.com and start for mailing this and then once it's out we'll send you guys an email and then just download it and try it and Aaron and I and the team also plan to bring back the gift card idea right for a limited time so uh, download Howdy and then testing for us when you find bugs on Howdy you have a chance to win the gift card right yeah yeah, yeah that sounds brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron do you have anything on the app uh, no that's perfect <laughs> yeah, just like make, make, make sure like follow us on Howdy, uh, social media and all that stuff, like standard stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's absolutely amazing. I don't know if y'all heard that, everybody, but you know, basically for being a good person, you can get a gift card um, and, and try out and help Howdy as well. And essentially you're helping yeah. your entire community. Like that's, that's big wins. That's big wins to me. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for yeah, having no, us here. Yeah. Then, yeah, it has been fun. All right, we'll let you go though. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, thanks, guys. catch you next time. Yeah, yeah, talk okay, talk to you guys later. Bye. All righty. So that was a good podcast. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, there's good communication, uh, mm -hmm. there's good flow of questions, and I really liked uh, Raymond's perspective. Uh, mainly because, you know, he's been in the village for so long. And I feel like, you know, his input is important because he's able to see that drastic change over over X amount of time. And, mm -hmm. you know, like even his input on like the safety and has more policing and mm -hmm. it's, it's ensuring that people are more safer in the area. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that, you know, for so many people who live in the village or who go to university and are seeking like student housing, there's such a transitory nature. Like there's a high turnover. People are in the village and they're out of the village. So hearing from somebody who's been there for so long, I think that speaks volumes. And I, I also did really want to actually touch on the one perspective that he had. He mentioned that if landlords had uh, essentially more power over the terms of their leases, uh, he felt that, you know, there would be a little bit more change, a little bit more of a positive change in the community. And I, I, I generally, you know, as a tenant, have not really meshed or vibed with that idea, but I, I want. I wish. I, I wish we could have expanded on that, right? I wish we could have learned a little bit more. Maybe what kind of uh, being able to do a background check, those kinds of things, right? Like I want to know, but I also want to see what the consequences of that will be, right? The people who really need housing but might not get housing because of a dumb mistake they made, uh, you know, 
in their lives. So I think that that was a really, really interesting, interesting little piece. Yeah, I feel like it was a great episode. And uh, just a quick shout out to Aaron and Raymond. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank and so uh, yeah, please tune in on the following week's podcast. give a brief a brief overview of the future podcast series are going to take place over the seven series uh so now do you want yeah yeah we have six more episodes lined up for you on laville um and we're going to be starting out with common issues with student and multi-tenant housing at york university uh it's going to be posted june 5th you can find us on youtube we'll also be posting to apple music and spotify but that'll be a little bit later um and we're going to be joined by bria hamilton and sarah levy of the affordable housing committee at york university uh, and we're going to be talking York. We're going to be talking affordable housing, uh, the role of international versus domestic students, where tenant disputes kind of fit into play, whether you're at a multi-tenant house versus being in York University as an institution, the rooming housing there, and what's the difference between student and multi-tenant housing. There's a key difference there. Um, and then finally, we'll kind of classify all that as the on-off campus experience, and we'll go through a consultation that we did with the Affordable Housing Committee in 2018. So yeah, and jumping right up into the next podcast, which will take place on June 10th, is on the subject of living in the village, the shared and unshared experience. Uh, and rather than Natty and I hosting this episode, a few colleagues of ours from yours truly, York Village Housing Association, representatives Javier de los Santos and Claudia Redondo will be speaking with Rekia, Santo, Brianna, Emmanuel, and Britannia um, about their experience in the village at York University. And some of the key points are going to be associated with the Landlord and Tenant Board, uh, the Social Justice Tribunal of Ontario, uh, situation with COVID, uh, rent and rent strike, uh, access to resources, uh, social housing disputes, City of Toronto's role, strategies moving forward, uh, forced evictions experienced by students, and health and safety. And I wouldn't miss that episode because those experiences will really shape the economics versus the experience of multi-tenant housing. But on Thursday of that week, it's going to be posted June 12th and we'll be joined by almost soon to be Dr. Daria Tarhan, uh, villager Matt V. Huff, and Joy Connolly. Um, we're going to be talking about the economic and social role of rooming houses, uh, space making and or taking. Um, again, we're going to touch on health and what the city could probably do to improve this situation. Uh, and then risk, vulnerability, the discourse of safety, and we're going to be touching on research that taps into all of those topics. The following podcast series will take place on June 17th, and the subject for this one is student housing, privatization, and urban activism at York University and beyond. Our guests for this day are Allison Evans, Jamila Muhammad, and Tristan Lang, who all have experience at working with cooperative housing and student housing within the GTA. Our key points for this one, or for this podcast, are urbanization, uh, York University, new problems and new responses, new and old strategies, a vision for the future, and private and public sector, private versus public social sector of student housing. And after that, we're going to talk about the village in a little bit of a broader context and the new, quote-unquote, Jane Finch community and or, you know, aka York University Heights. Um, and we're going to be posting that June 25th. Our guest for that episode will be Artivan, Professor Artivan Isa Durad, uh, Professor Yasser Hamid, uh, community and social justice advocate Shannon Holness and assistant professor Jenny Foster. And we're going to be talking about studentification. Really, really interesting concept. I would suggest tuning in. Um, and new suburbia or new urbanism, as we spoke about earlier. Gentrification and development versus uneven development. 
the Jane Finch community and town-gown relations, which again is another interesting concept that's kind of involving universities and their communities. Uh, the role of marginalization, housing, and periphery, semi-periphery relations in the city of Toronto. And the following podcast series will actually take place on the same week, on June 26th. And this podcast is dedicated to the future of student housing. Uh, our guests for this day are Jeremy Bowes, Sheila McCartney, Mauricio Quiros, Marcelo Vieta, Luisa Sotomayor, and Shimiza Gafour. Uh, our key points for this podcast are student housing in Toronto universities, uh, past versus present conditions, public and private development, new flaws and or solutions, uh, design and architecture of student housing, new imaginaries of democratic and equitable student living. And I hope that you guys can hear it in our voice, but to be clear, we are not any legal entity or we are not legal representation. We're villagers trying to help villagers uh, and, and trying to represent what villagers when we can. And if you do want to decide to learn more about your rights as a tenant, you can check our website out. You can learn more about the village at yvha.ca. Go to the uh, Government of Ontario's website, uh, Tenants Ontario, Your Rights, uh, the Landlord and Tenant Board Tribunal uh, at sgto.gov.on.ca, and the Federation of Metropolitan Tenants Association at torontotenants.org. And you can also learn more about student and multi-tenant housing uh, in your area. York University also provides information in addition to the City of Toronto's website. And you can also learn more about the, our housing uh, help and support systems through YVHA at yvha.ca. And you can email us at yorkvillagehousing at gmail.com. And we're almost coming to a close. But if you heard this podcast and you have something that you want to share, please send us your story. And in return, enter a chance to win one of 10 custom YVHA t-shirts. Uh, and to share your story, you can email us, again, at yorkvillagehousing at gmail.com, Facebook at Housing York, Instagram at YorkVHA, and Twitter at Housing York. And if you live in the village, you can go one step further. You can join our group on Facebook. It's a private group uh, at York Village Housing Association, just a group of people um, that are trying to help each other and, and, and make that experience as great as possible. And you can register your home. Pri please provide us a little bit of information, details about the living conditions, um, so that we can make and propose those recommendations and disseminate information at the same time. All right, I'm Andrew. I'm Natty. And thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week.